Hello everyone, welcome back. It's been a while since I posted a podcast episode and I would like to start off with some announcements before I get into the episode. Firstly, the name of the podcast has changed from Modern Day Stoic to Angelina's Thoughtcast. Secondly, we will not exclusively talk about Stoicism anymore. Rather, we will discuss a wide range of philosophical topics ranging from Stoicism to Taoism to existentialism and more. With all of that out of the way, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome to Angelina's Thoughtcast. Today we will be discussing the life and philosophy of Lucius Annius Seneca. Seneca was a Roman orator, statesman, Stoic philosopher, and tragician born on 4 BCE in Spain. He made profound contributions to Stoicism and produced a wide range of writings that are still read by millions of people today. He was born and raised in a wealthy family. At a young age, he was transferred to Rome, where he learned philosophy and developed skills as an orator. After that, Seneca had a successful, although climactic, political career. His experience as a politician exposed him to the perils of ambition, the contrasts between politics and philosophy, and how to manage forceful emotions. Soon after his life in politics, he was accused of adultery and exiled to Corsica by the Roman Emperor Caligula. During his exile, Seneca wrote the Consolation to Helvia and the Consolation to Polybius. In 54 CE, Seneca became a tutor to Nero. Yes, Nero, a man considered as one of history's greatest criminals. He was the emperor of Rome starting from 54 CE and is guilty for killing his stepbrother, wife, and his mother, as well as conducting the Great Fire of Rome. Despite all the warnings Seneca was told from others about Nero, Seneca continued to tutor him. That turned out to be one of Seneca's most grave decisions, which eventually led to his death. A couple of years later, at the age of 65, Seneca was forced to commit suicide by Nero's guards. Contrary to what most people would do in that situation, Seneca maintained his calm and composure. He not only wrote about Stoicism, he embodied the philosophy even at the face of his own death. Furthermore, Seneca's death was surprisingly dramatic, similar to a staged death scene for a play or movie. His time performing as a tragician has served him well, as he finally performed his last ever tragedy, his own death. His wife and children were clinging on to his clothes, crying and sobbing. However, Seneca did not hesitate. Before he ended his life, he recited, quote, Why cry over parts of life? The whole of it calls for tears. Seneca's turbulent yet productive career reveals key insights into his thought process and philosophical ideas. In his works, Seneca showed little interest in the technical details of philosophy. Rather, he focused on the practical aspects of philosophy and used it as a guide to live a fulfilling life. He owns a diverse set of works, 
ranging from moral philosophy to drama to natural science. He wrote a series of texts on coping with relevant issues, such as anger, tranquility, adversity, leisure, and more. Here are some ideas Seneca taught in his life. From the eyes of a Stoic, you should not get overly attached to anything, because bad fortune can take it away from you at any moment. Seneca wrote extensively on the vices of greed. He believed that greed only made us keep on desiring for more material possessions, and prevented us from being grateful for what we already have. He concluded that in order to live a fulfilling life, we should try our best to live modestly and just get enough material resources to satiate our needs. By doing so, we can avoid putting ourselves in a hamster wheel situation where we continuously have to keep on buying more and obtaining more in order to feed our greed. Seneca and many other Stoic philosophers during the time period regarded death not as a single event within our lifetimes, as like many of us do. Rather, they associated it with the passing of time. As Seneca writes in one of his letters to his friend, quote, For we are mistaken when we look forward to death. The major portion of death has already passed. Whatever years be behind us are in death's hands. We can view time in this case as money. We can choose to invest it wisely so it has meaningful outcomes in the future, or we can spend it impulsively on worthless objects. He believed that we have plenty of time, but unwise people spend it on pointless experiences, just like how fools spend their money. However, unlike money, we cannot produce more time, so as each moment passes, it is acquired by the hands of death. We always have more opportunities to increase our wealth, but our time is limited. Therefore, Seneca urged his readers to plan ahead and work towards their goals on a day-by-day -day basis. He affirmed that by postponing our goals to another future day, we allow time to speed by without utilizing it. Hence, we should eliminate distracting activities that mislead us from pursuing meaningful work, such as constantly being busy or continuously trying to attain things. Furthermore, Seneca wrote that in order to orient ourselves properly so we can aspire to a more valuable life, we needed to choose a role model to whom we want to be like. As Seneca puts it, quote, choose a master whose life, conversation, and soul-expressing face has satisfied you. Picture him always to yourself as your protector or your pattern, for we must indeed have someone according to whom we may regulate our characters. You can never straighten that which is crooked unless you use a ruler. This is by far one of my favorite quotes from Seneca, because awe is the beginning of imitation. Therefore, when we choose someone we think fondly of, we begin 
to mimic their actions and behaviors. When you start looking up someone, it is important to write down what characteristics of the person you specifically admire, and to start mimicking the other person by observing their behavior and the way they act. On the same note, this can also apply to people who you envy, because envy can be the malevolent manifestation of awe. So whenever you come across a person you envy, write down the specific characteristics of the person that makes you feel envious, such as talent or competence. In this regard, the superficial qualities, which are things we don't necessarily have control over, like attractiveness or age. On the other hand, it is also important to acknowledge the negative attributes of the people who we dislike and avoid incorporating those qualities into our character as much as we can. A core theme underlying most ideas from Stoicism is learning how to manage our emotions so they don't lead us to make illogical decisions with bad consequences. Seneca believed that the source of many harmful emotions arose from thoughts related to time. For example, he affirmed that anxiety was caused by either worrying about the feelings we can't control, such as the future or the past. His solution to anxiety was to focus on the present situation and the set of things we do have some control over. Quote, Wild animals run away from the dangers they actually see, and once they have escaped them, worry no more. We, however, are tormented alike by what is past and what is to come. A number of our blessings do us harm, for memory brings back the agony of fear, while foresight brings it on prematurely. No one confines his unhappiness to the present. Moreover, Seneca also wrote about more violent emotions, like anger and jealousy, they can lead us to do destructive things. The problem with those emotions are that they can simply become ingrained within our behavior after continuous repetition. To avoid ourselves from being controlled by violent emotions, Seneca's advice was to develop our tolerance towards others and to acknowledge that they are human and neither they or us are perfect. Throughout his works, Seneca writes extensively on preparing ourselves physically and emotionally to endure what life can throw at us. In his moral letters to Lucilius, Seneca tells his friend, quote, Virtue is held too cheap by the man who counts his body too dear. We should cherish the body with the greatest care, but we should also be prepared when reason, self-respect, and duty demand the sacrifice to deliver it even to the flames. He believed that we should prepare extensively before disaster strikes so we are not surprised and can endure the suffering when it inevitably does. A similar quote from Seneca states, quote, I hold it essential, therefore, to do as I have told you in a letter that great men have often done to reserve a few days in which we may prepare ourselves for real poverty 
by means of fancied properties. Let the soul be roused from its sleep and be prodded, and let it be reminded that nature has prescribed very little for us. In this quote, Seneca tells Lucilius to reserve a couple of days in which he experiences poverty, such as wearing unfavorable attire, fasting, or sleeping on the ground, in order to be more grateful for the things we are privileged with on a day-by-day -day basis, as well as to train their minds and bodies to endure poverty as a form of preparation if it ever does occur. Some of Seneca's core ideas related to how we could conduct ourselves in the world. He believed that the right way to take action is to focus on what is meaningful, and meaning could be derived by improving the world around us. Moreover, he affirmed that whenever you go, your relationship to nature and nature's relationship with you are always intact, therefore your actions have the power to either improve or degrade the state of nature, and the events of nature have the potential to either develop your character or deteriorate it. Although we don't have control over everything that nature hands over to us, we always have the power to transform those experiences into a benefit for ourselves and the world around us. Having risen and fallen multiple times within the political sphere, Seneca was very well acquainted with the dangers and consequences of overambition. Ambition lights a fire in our soul that exaggerates our desires and expectations, which can lead us to disappoint when we inevitably fail at some point in our lives. And when we do fail, it is important to analyze the potential shortcomings that might have led to your downfall in order to mold yourself into a stronger person. On the contrary, when fortune gifts us with prosperity, we should be grateful for the outcome and avoid developing an arrogant, egocentric mindset that can lead us to make bad decisions. Seneca believed that we should reflect and contemplate over our aspirations and decide whether they are meaningful enough to pursue. As money, fame, and status can all be taken away by a slight change in fortune, we should focus on making the world a better place by conducting ourselves properly and improving our character. Overall, Seneca's unique viewpoint on philosophy allows readers of all different backgrounds to learn how to lead better lives through Seneca's practical advice. Seneca believed that everyone should find a meaningful activity to pursue, no matter what it is, because as he explained in On the Shortness of Life, too many people have no direction in their lives at all, which leaves them to be purposeless and to waste time. Seneca advised to pick something that feels like a worthwhile endeavor, so that at the end of your life, you can show something you accomplished during your brief time on Earth. For Seneca, it was philosophy, because not only did it teach him how to live, it gave him a deep sense of purpose that can be extraordinarily satisfying to obtain. It was not instant gratification that gave Seneca's life meaning. It was the pursuit of a valuable goal by taking on a meaningful responsibility that gave his life purpose. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, please consider giving us a review or contacting us for your feedback, as they really help us improve the quality of the show. With all that said, have a great rest of your day, everyone.